Bachelor Nation, welcome to It's All on the Roses, a podcast where two astrology enthusiasts break down all the loving, fighting, and rose-giving of the franchise. This week, we're breaking down the news of Bachelor Nation, including the casting of the first Black Bachelor. I'm Susie. And I'm Kristen, and it's time to look toward the stars. Kristen. Hello, everyone. Long time no here. I know. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, actually here. Hearing, yeah. (laughs) But there have been a lot of ramblings, a lot of commotion in this world and in Batch Nation. Mm -hmm. So we're back with with some of the biggest things going on right now. Yeah. Nothing else to discuss, so why not? (laughs) Why not? And we'll dive into it, but first, we just want to do our quick social media check-ins. Even though we aren't releasing, what am I saying? Even though we aren't releasing regular episodes right now, still be sure to follow us on Twitter at It's All Roses, on Instagram at It's All in the Roses. You can email us, it's all in the roses at gmail.com. And make sure you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or any other streaming platforms that allows you to do so. Um, Before we get started with our Astro Takes on the World and Batch Nation, we just, our quick disclaimer that Kristen and I are not astrology experts. We are mere enthusiasts, and the book that we reference in our episodes is called The Only Astrology Book You'll Ever Need. That's by Joanna Martine Wolfolk. We're going to move right into our Virgo and Gemini moves of the week, or since we haven't (laughs) released an episode in a while... Weeks, Moods months, of quarantine seasons. <laughs> Take it away, Kristen. Ooh, oh boy. Okay. So this is just like a month long process, but just Virgo anxiety for me. Like Virgos are overthinkers, they're overanalyzers. So on top of all of the news of the world, just thinking about the personal future and what's gonna happen and when things will truly feel normal is giving me a lot of anxiety because as we've mentioned we're both in the new york metro adjacent area and it's still very much kind of not lockdown mode but pretty close wouldn't you say like it's still really you can't really do much still no not at all and there's so much hesitancy around what you can do mm-hmm. but it, it just feels wrong oh my god actually sidebar but not really like i <laughs> um i went to a restaurant last week oh, like did outdoor, outdoor dining? dining how was it honestly it was okay um it's this little pizza place i like in town and they just um i don't know if they're renting out a space but now they have like a, a little beer garden and they we're doing disposable plates and like silverware, um, sanitizing the menu. So it was okay, but still, mm. still slightly terrifying seeing your waiter bring your food out in yeah. a face mask. And I feel like with so many places, there's still so much restriction and uncertainty about what to do that it almost dissuades you from wanting to do it. And I think right. about so many restaurants near me don't even have the outdoor space yeah. to do that. So I don't even know what their plan going forward is. And it's not just restaurants. It's just being able 
to have a regular routine, like even just having a commute and walking to work and going about that process, that helps me feel productive and accomplished on a daily basis. So without that, I just feel kind of sluggish. Oh, sure. I get that 100%. That's crazy for you. Yeah, you're a commuter. I can't mm-hmm. imagine. Wow. I miss the train, but I also don't oh. want to go back on the train <laughs> well, anytime soon. That's going to be wild when the mm-hmm. trains are up and running again. I, I, they're going to have to be like half capacity or less. Yeah. 25%. Stagger opening times. Jeez. Well. And yeah, how have you so been in this reopening phase as a Gemini? Gemini season. Uh, uh, Gemini season. Yes. Um, I think it, it, well, it's obviously been a very different Gemini season. You know, you're not getting the same level of interaction that we typically thrive on. But I honestly think it's been kind of nice. I've started um, blogging again. And Kristen will know this because she read my blog post. But I feel like being in quarantine and having this time to myself has really helped reevaluate um, like this point in my life, which at a point earlier this year, I feel like I was just dreading getting to 25 Mm -hmm. and I was thinking about everything I hadn't accomplished and like all these goals I had set for myself that I either didn't start or gave up on. And then just having some time to myself, which I never really gave myself like in, in a regular world, I wouldn't really be spending this much time with myself. It was just nice to like reevaluate and be like, wait, there is so much I have accomplished and so much to be proud of. So I'm, I'm proud of myself for that. Oh, yay. And also, I feel like this time is also kind of a good reset for people our age yeah. that kind of makes, like, not set everyone back, but just kind of put everyone on pause. Totally. Yeah. And the reopening has been nice, too, because I have um, been going out and kind of seeing some of my friends and, like, social distant hangouts or birthday gatherings. So... We're being safe, but face-to-face contact for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Still not so the same. That's where we are. I know. The night you started kissing all your friends. Kiss, kiss. Kiss, kiss. Yep. All right, everyone. So here it is. I would say the 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 catalyst for this episode mm-hmm. was a surprise announcement. I think I saw it like five minutes before Kristen texted me about it. Ladies and gentlemen, we have our new bachelor. Months before it's typically announced, right? Yeah, it's when typically announced in, in September. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. September. Um, it's no secret, no secret. Our new bachelor is Matt James. Is James his last name? Or is this? Yeah, James can be a last name. No, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if that was his last name or if he was a two first name guy. Yeah, it's his last name. Oh, kind of bums me out a little. (laughs) I wish he had been like, all right. So Matt James is our new bachelor. Woo. So we have our first Black Bachelor, we have our first Sagittarius Bachelor, and I feel like the common viewer 
watching this announcement on Good Morning America wouldn't know Matt James as well as someone who keeps up with the social media of The Bachelor mm-hmm. world knows him. He is Tyler Cameron's best friend. They met playing college football together. He was part of the quarantine crew with Tyler and his brothers and Hannah when the whole lockdown was just getting started. And we were like, um, that's a lot of people. I don't think you're all living there, but eh, whatever, fine. And Tyler mm-hmm. normally works in real estate, but not Tyler, Matthew, sorry, works in real estate, but also runs ABC Food Tour tours in the city which takes city kids from underserved communities on tours of restaurants and before the pandemic he did live in new york with tyler but you know corona so who knows when they're coming yeah. back <laughs> oh again um for the average viewer yeah it may be a surprise but matt james had been in talks with production for months at this point because he was originally cast on claire's season that has now been postponed due to covid19 Apparently, him and Clara got into some sort of a tiff after he was posting cameos during quarantine. Claire, um, maybe because he was, like, younger or whatever, kind of viewed this as being fame-hungry. But Matt um, was doing it to be more so in line with uh, fundraising for ABC Food Tours, which, as another nonprofit professional, you got to do what you got to do, you know? Um, So, yeah, that's our background on Matt James. Like Kristen mentioned, he is our first Sag Bachelor or lead Bachelor. Bachelor, I believe, yes. First Sag Bachelor. I think Sagittarius is a great sign for a lead. Um, mm-hmm. Some quick fast facts on Sagittarius's. Make sure you also um, check into our Instagram account. It's all on the roses. We have a little Matt James highlight, and we have the Sagittarius fast facts listed in there if you ever want to refer back to them. Sages are fire signs. They are mutable. Their ruling planet is Jupiter. Polarity is Gemini. Um, and their dominant keyword is IC. Some things we picked up that I think will be um, very useful in framing Matt James as like our batch lead. Um, Sages symbolize the search for wisdom and they are the sign of philosopher and explorer. To a Sag, freedom is their most valuable possession. And Sagittarius men in the Amherst state, um, we think of them as the archer who is always on the hunt and loves the chase. They have a great sense of humor, um, an easygoing approach about them, and they are often not interested in the long term. So I'm kind of seeing a lot of contradictions here, um, which based on what I see from Matt and Tyler's stories, like, I I, I don't know, I kind of see it. Like, I see him as being easygoing in this vibe, but then he obviously has, like, such a big heart if he's doing, like, ABC food tours and all that. Yeah, I see it, and I've also read interviews with Tyler where he's talking about Matt and how he's picky in relationships. So that doesn't necessarily mean that he's not interested in the long term. It's that he just wants it to to be the right fit. You know what this one... And when I was reading up on Sagittarius is the one thing that was like a red flag for me. And maybe it's just like um, PTSD from Peter's season. But when (laughs) I read that Sages um, are in the search for wisdom and like our explorers, I'm like, what if Matt James like pursues a relationship with one of the girls that we all know is like a no go, but he's, he's just like sees it all the way through because if it, 
fails, it's just like experience, you know? That's like stressing me out, Oh, no. It could be like a Victoria. Like, we could have a Victoria. Yeah. Again. I mean, one thing I am looking forward to this is that I like that it's a different choice, not just because of the race factor, but just of a logistics factor of it being someone that hasn't appeared on the franchise before, even though that was the plan. He's not going to have the same kind of baggage that producers like to bring up to stir up drama. Like, we won't have a former Bachelorette showing up and being like, I still love you. And we won't have contestants that he might have met through a big web of events popping up. So it could mean a fresh start. He's also... 28 i believe going on 29 Mm -hmm. in december so that's a little older than we've had recently peter and colton were on the younger side so sure yeah no no i'm a big fan of this outsider choice and yeah i'm hoping to see a couple of women and maybe in their early 30s even mid 30s who knows um yeah that's our background on matt james um So the surprise announcement made big waves in Batch Nation, even outside Batch Nation, because Matt James is the franchise's first black bachelor. Thoughts? What do we think? Going back to a few days before the surprise announcement of Matt, online fans, including Brett Vergara of Live Tweeting Fame, came up with the Bachelor Diversity campaign. They're on social media and building a great presence there of a list of factors they want producers to actively commit to to help diversify the Bachelor franchise. And one of these points was to cast a Black Bachelor. And coincidentally, a couple of days later, Matt is announced, and this is also on the tail end, not the tail end, but in the mists of international protests after the death of George Floyd on May 25th. And as Rachel would later say in a statement after Matt's casting, it felt very much like a knee-jerk reaction from ABC to announce what they did when they did. So I can't help but also think that it was like they were facing a lot of pressure and they kind of had Matt in their back pocket he's young enough that I feel like he would easily be like, yeah, yeah, I'll take up the chance. So I kind of see what Rachel is saying there, but I also, I'm not a fan of people like, um, so obviously a lot of organizations and companies are coming forth with these statements that yes, we, mm-hmm. we understand that black lives matter. We understand your pain, your healing. We are going to make strides to, improve our diversity and everything moving forward and i think people are just failing to understand that like that's gonna take time like i'm not a fan at all of people saying oh well this is just a statement we need actions now like not necessarily these organizations and these production companies and everything they need time to be able to make the right changes and not to continue mm-hmm. to have these like band-aid fixes. I'm not saying that's what Matt James is or anything, but um, yeah, I'm just not a big fan of that like super hard 
Yeah. Um, it could easily yeah. be construed that way. And Rachel uh-huh. alluded to that in her statement after he was announced, saying this announcement without any further commitments regarding diverse- diversity sweepingly brushes deeper issues under the rug. Until we see action to address the systemic racism within the franchise, the casting news today is equivalent to the trend of posting a black box on your social media account without other steps taken to dismantle the systems of injustice. The boldest of the bold here. Um, I, j- I just think we need to give them a little time. Everyone is learning. This is a good first step forward. And obviously, there's going to be so much diversity coming forth in Matt's season. I also will say, though, on Rachel's side, I feel like she probably feels like so much weight on her shoulders being the mm-hmm. first Black Bachelorette and being like the token diverse season that I can see why um, she like especially would want to see more coming forward. Yeah, yeah, she's spoken before about feeling sick about being the franchise's go-to person when things like this happen. Right. And it isn't fair of her to have to be the spokesperson because she's the most dominant Black person in the franchise. You know, that's not right at this time. And after the age that the, franchi- the franchise has reached, you know, it's, there should be more people and there should be more experiences. And the Bachelor Diversity Campaign has also pledged to work towards casting more contestants of color, casting more producers of color, and helping these contestants of color kind of prepare themselves for the online scrutiny that minority contestants often receive. It's no secret that they usually receive less of a social media following than white contestants, and their online critique can usually be a little harsher. So there's still a lot to do. But I think it's a good sign that ABC is recognizing the need for more even if it comes across as very businessy yeah exactly we're we're just we're in it for the long haul you know this is going to be a life like literally your entire life learning and continuing to educate yourself so i do see it as a very positive sign and i will say that i think the franchise had been considering a black bachelor for quite some time like i think back to eric bigger so like there were mm. talks around Eric, obviously Big Mike. Um, yeah, I feel like at the time, if it was to happen, I think it would have been Kenny over Eric. Fair. Yeah, but there, there you go. Eric was Kenny. still a little inexperienced and immature, and Kenny was like a full package, like a grown, beautiful man with a daughter and life experience. If <laughs> anything, it would have been Kenny. No, I, don't know. I agree, but I... It's just the thought, I think, has been there. Also, I just do want to say that if Eric is ever chosen, you have, like, a whole marketing package put together already because he has his whole (laughs) It's Miracle season, you know? So, And on the tail end of that discussion, Bachelor producers also promised significant changes in the franchise's diversity, releasing a statement saying, we acknowledge our responsibility for the lack of representation of people of color on our franchise and pledge to make significant changes to address this issue moving forward. We're taking positive steps to expand diversity in our cast and our staff, and most importantly, in the relationships that we show on television. So it's a mixed bag because I think there's also the question of after seeing how the show has treated people of color, do more people of color even want to put themselves through that? Hmm. So it's still, there's just a lot of questions to consider. 
Yeah, it, it's all just going to be such a changing dynamic. But I'm hopeful. Yeah. Yeah. I'm one step away from Pilot Pete. That's how we can look at it also. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Isn't it so funny that we kind of thought Ari would, like, be the worst? <laughs> <laughs> and here we and then, oh, did Lord. you notice Peter's season ended right as all of this started? <laughs> it was like that week <gasps> that quarantine oh, started at the, fin- at the finale. Wow. That is crazy. That's blowing my mind. And to also touch upon some other race-related news in Bachelor Nation, we're starting with an old-school story. So if you think back to Andy Dorfman's season of The Bachelorette, Not the most beloved Bachelorette. She was kind of a little hard to read. You know, not my favorite. But there was a black contestant on that season, Mark Hell. He finished in 10th place, but he was still pretty popular among the contestants. And back in 2014, he actually wrote a blog post explaining why he was not The Bachelor. And recently, he called attention to that blog post when the treatment of people of color in the franchise was being discussed online. And I'm going to read part of his statement. Don't get me wrong. I love that I had the opportunity to be on the show. I have nothing but love for all the producers, runners, and cast members that I know. But it saddens me to see that you guys seem to be silent on the current state of our nation and the outcry of equality from my people, African Americans. I'm a black black man, and as a black man who was once a cast member on your show, I take offense to your silence as a franchise. And this was obviously before the Matt James announcement, before the producer's promise. And I agree that it seems like the higher-ups of the franchise are just very oblivious to whenever there's some kind of social movement in the world. I just think back to the time of Me Too and the racism seen on Rachel's season among the men. And I feel like a lot of that actually comes from Chris Harrison. I feel like he's just, maybe it's because of the position that he's in, but I feel like he doesn't speak up when he should and that he likes to pretend that there's no issue. That That is a hot take, and I support that hot take. You're mm-hmm. right. I, I, I don't know. I haven't been following Chris attentively, but it was like the first thing that came to mind when all of the, um, when the Batch Diversity campaign and started up it's like why why hasn't the face of the franchise said anything yet um yeah i don't know yeah at times like these it kind of seems like he's very much the dad that is oblivious to anything that goes on online like it just seems like he doesn't get it and even when he brings up social media stuff on the show he uh-huh. kind of addresses it in a oh what is this technology way I feel like it's so weird to be living through something like this, like at our age when we like completely understand everything that's going on, but we're also so close in Mm -hmm. age to, you know, like teenagers, the Batch Nation has such, or the Batch franchise has such a big teen following. And I just think about like the Mm -hmm. example it's setting for them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Again, thinking of the young minds that are being molded here, we turn to our most recent bachelorette, Hannah B, who had her own little scandal um, of accidentally... Well, so Hannah posted a couple of stories of her singing along to a song 
from Instagram. Um, the song contains the N-word, and as she was singing along, she accidentally sang along and said the N-word as well. Of course, the comment section was up and livid, and she had initially shared an apology via Instagram story. We had Rachel Lindsay again step in and talk about how unacceptable something like this was, and then Hannah continued on to share a more concrete, longer post apology and has now been using her platform to share BLM resources and partner with a bunch of activists to help spread awareness for the movement. Thoughts? Like, I, I could never, I, I don't understand how you, like, accidentally sing along to this. Like, Yeah, I, there's speculation that she was a little tipsy while she said it, and there's deeper sure. conspiracy that maybe because of the environment she grew in, she didn't really think anything of it. That's exactly what I was going to point to because you and I always mm -hmm. talk about how there's like no Northeast representation in Batch Nation, really. Like some mm -hmm. of them from the Northeast, we've just been conditioned, like the N-word is a no-go. Absolutely yeah. unacceptable. But someone growing up in the South or the Midwest or like California, I don't know. It, you're right. They may not think twice of it when it comes to singing along to it in a song as opposed to like it, I don't know they may think like oh I'm not saying it to anyone just kind of like humming it along to myself but you're not because millions of people saw it on Insta so yeah. I believe Hannah B in the sincerity of her apology and her actions after using her platform to like spread resources seem very well intentioned and it's a, a learning learning point for us all yeah um I know that Hannah also said that she actually lost more followers when she started sharing Black Lives Matter resources than when she said the N-word, which speaks a lot okay. to the kind of people that the Bachelor franchise mostly consists of. It's hard for me to fathom, I think just because I've been watching for so long, but the reality is that the majority of viewers are in the south they have christian backgrounds which i actually kind of do see with some of our tweets on our it's all roses account the popular mm -hmm. ones that get a lot of tweets and retweets there are a lot of people with bios that say oh christian and they quote the bible and then very often if you go on their pages they're the ones that are kind of sharing the nasty tweets and going along with the theme of someone making a mistake, but in this case, not really trying to better themselves after it, Garrett, our old social media <laughs> troublemaker, weighed in on everything that's been going on. And he posted a photo of a thin blue line on a black square. And the blue line typically represents Blue Lives Matter, which is the support for the police. And alongside this post, he wrote, with so many friends and family and law enforcement, I couldn't sit back and not support them and the hundreds of thousands of men and women of all races that represent this thin blue line as well. It's important for me to recognize the ones who stand in the gap and put their lives on the line each and every single day for humans of different race and ethnicity, including those who hate them. And this is obviously not the first time Garrett has had controversial social media. During his season of The Bachelorette, he was found to have liked 
many, many photos of horrible things. And I feel like this that issue was never fully resolved. It kind of all just blew over. It wasn't really discussed in their postseason press, if I recall correctly. Yeah, not at all. And obviously, it caused a lot of backlash. He got into a bit of a back and forth with Becca M, who, you know Becca M, she made her thoughts known. And then on the Bachelor Happy Hour podcast, Becca K, Garrett's fiancé, said that she doesn't align or agree with the post, saying Garrett is my fiancé and I love him, and to his core, I believe that he's a good person. I don't think he met it in a malicious way. I do think it was tone deaf, and it was the wrong time and message and sentiment. And then breaking news on the Bachelor Happy Hour podcast posted today, Tuesday, Becca gave fans an update and said, for those who are curious about my relationship with Garrett at this point, all I can say right now is that I don't know. I can't give anything more than that. It's something that we're trying to work through and discuss and do work on at home at this time. And that's where the work will remain. And that's really the best I can give you at this point. Woof. Dude, wild. Looking a little shaky. Um, as I mean, I, I I really just never understood how those two worked together because I knew like fundamentally they were so different. So not surprising at all to me. Um, Gar- I I want to like speak to a point. This quote you took from Becca on the Happy Hour podcast. Um, it was tone deaf, wrong time and message and sentiment. Like, the fact that Garrett chose to post a black square with the blue Mm. line is just, like, I I mean, it's, like, you're appropriating this, like, symbol. Yeah, that's a great way to describe it, yeah. I think that's why it, like, sits so poorly for me. Like, I don't necessarily have a problem with people saying, like, oh, you know, my, my dad is a policeman, my fiance my cousin blah 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 and yeah. like I and again and that's and like everything. another yeah that's another new york suburb thing like we all know a bunch of people with family members in law enforcement or we know friends who are in law enforcement exactly but yeah i just don't i don't vibe with garrett mm-hmm. that yeah like that appropriating the, the black square his shady past and like you said um has he spoken up about any of this since he has he has posted another instagram photo where he quoted marcus aurelius it was very odd yeah it was kind of a statement that read as if i'm gonna be me very much <laughs> like well everyone's entitled to their own opinion he wrote you shouldn't view changing your mind as losing or that you're being coerced. That was another very vague, odd yeah, quote. Extremely. And then in another photo that he posted a day ago, he quoted Marcus Aurelius again and wrote, your opinion of yourself matters more than the opinion of a stranger, which that's true, but in this context, it is very poorly framed. <laughs> yeah, it's it. being... Yeah. Very odd. And from what I've seen of Beckett and Garrett on social media, and again, when I interviewed them almost two years ago now, it the vibe came across as 
working well together as a couple, but knowing that bit about Garrett always kind of lingered in the back of my mind. Like, I know couples, like old, married, established couples that are different political views, but I think that's also a different context because they're people of a different generation when political divide wasn't as intense and as notable as it is today. So it's hard to say whether I could have seen them going in that direction. But I think with this, when he keeps doubling down on his opinions, when it's obviously upsetting Becca, who is more in the limelight than he is, and she has to respond to his actions, it's coming across as pretty shitty on his part. Hell yeah. Yeah, I hadn't thought of it in that way, but she really is taking, like, all of it. Like, it's all coming at her directly, so... I continue to not stand Garrett. We're over it. But hopefully he will say something more in the future. I'm expecting it. And knowing Becca, I feel like they will release some sort of video or something together. Or she'll give us an update on how conversations are going. Yeah, I'm hoping that whatever happens is just for her benefit i know she lost her grandfather kind of right before this all went down and was having another rough time with some friends and other personal stuff right before all of this so it's already like a bad time to be experiencing some personal trauma but then add this in the public eye it's a lot yeah for sure yeah and i do believe that becca is trying her best to educate herself because on this recent episode of the happy hour podcast she also apologized to her co-host rachel for not giving their previous conversation about race everything that she had because this was also the podcast episode where she kind of had to explain garrett's actions and she didn't really give Mm -hmm. much of a response and she was just kind of frazzled throughout And in this more recent episode, she apologized and said, I fell short because this conversation truly deserved my complete undivided attention, deserved much more care and thoughtfulness on my end. And you delivered all of that and more. And I did not. When we recorded the podcast, it was also 18 hours after Garrett's social media post. I was Mm. dealing with trying to first wrap around my head that and also dealing with discourse within my relationship and what it was causing between my family. Dude, yeah, it's heavy. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be in her spot. Yeah, but again, like, I do think she's, like, doing the right thing and taking time to process and educate herself before going out and um, giving, like, her opinion or her take on things. Like, I think that's something people need to do more. You shouldn't speak just because you feel pressed to do so. You should do it, uh, Mm -hmm. you know? And I, I love Becca love her for that and to wrap up our more informative side of the podcast where we're touching upon these topics that are crucial to both the real world so to speak and the bachelor world we would also just like to reiterate our support for the black lives matter movement as if everything that we haven't said wasn't already clear Mm -hmm. enough where we stand in support of that And we also stand in support of all of the Black contestants in the Bachelor franchise who might have experienced underlying racism in the production of the show and racism in the aftermath of the show. And we're hoping that the franchise is taking their promise to do better seriously. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think strides are being made in the right direction. 
again. Um, and I just want everyone to remember that like this really will be a lifelong journey of learning. Racism mm. is not something that popped up over the past year, past months, past couple of weeks. It's It's been in place forever. Um, it's just definitely being put on the spotlight more with social media and all of that. So, so just please keep that in mind. Please educate yourselves. Take time to process. Take time to heal. Um, think about what conversations you can have with the people that are close to you. Those are the hardest ones to have. Obviously, Be Becca will be doing that with Garrett. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. We're here. If any, if any of you would like to talk, Kristen and I are here for you. Spinning bottles followed you since middle school. gears a little bit we we did say we would be giving you the lowdown on everything going on in batch nation so so we have a couple quick things to wrap things up here at the end a little more lighthearted. some still a little sad maybe like this first one cassie and colton have broken up what shocker shocker did we see it coming i don't know <laughs> yes and no when we think back to the beginning of, of all this madness of the world ending quarantine, Colton was one of those first uh, kind of celebs, I guess you would say, that came out, said he had the coronavirus. He was all hunkered down at Cassie's place with her parents. So kind of seemed like they would be in a good spot. I guess from that angle, you could say this was a bit, a bit shocking. But then again, they were living together. Maybe things just got a little... They weren't living together before quarantine, though, because I remember they made a big deal after their season that Colton lived near Cassie, but they didn't actually live together. It was only during quarantine that they moved in with her parents because he got sick. And that's what I'm saying, that they the quarantine is what brought them to live together, and then ah. the trouble sprouted from there. A Maybe. I don't know. We don't know, but it's a possibility. Um, Cassie and Colton, Taurus Aquarius pairing, looking at her Which book, is right? also Brian and Rachel. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Very different vibes. Um, so uh, Taurus and Aquarius is a pairing in which neither is likely to approve of the other. Taurus is very conservative, careful. Aquarius is unconventional and innovative. Um, and then what else can we say about them? Aquarius looks for openness and self-expression in a relationship while Taurus needs security and comfort. Aquarius, a fancy free loner who resents ties that bind, sooner or later slips away from possessive Taurus. Hmm. Interesting. I see the fancy free loner as Colton, but I see him as being more possessive than Cassie. Yeah, I, I totally see that too. Um, so yeah, how long were they together for? A little over a year? Year and a half? Uh, yeah, about a year and a half, I would say. 
not bad. Not I mean, bad. They were both, they're just so young, you know? Yeah. Like, what, what more could we have expected? I don't know. And Cassie always seemed kind of over him. I mean, <laughs> at the start, like, after the final rose, she seemed definitely happier than she ever was on the season. But then afterwards, it was just kind of like, oh, meh. <laughs> Always very nonchalant. She kind of had like a Kelly vibe to her in a way. Like mm. I'm here, but yeah, I'm just I'm just here. Yeah, weird. <laughs> I'm pulling for a Colton and Allie Raisman reunion. You know, Chris, I will only <laughs> give you this because it's like the end of the world, and anything is truly possible. <laughs> True. You know, why not just go back to what's familiar after the pandemic? Very. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Okay, we have another update. Jade and Tanner announced that they are expecting baby number three due this fall, I believe. Yes, I believe so. They're just going for it. Yeah, it's really quick. The Their son isn't even a year old yet. And I know Jade actually had a lot of struggles conceiving the second baby. So it seems like the third happened really quickly, which is a good sign for them. Yeah, a little blessing. Good, good for them. A little happiness. Um, our third point is very <laughs> random. Kristen texted me a couple of weeks ago a link to um, something for our colleges. A, a Siena College commencement video or a little tribute to the class of 2020. Um, and I think you told me like the exact point to I go did. through yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like three minutes in it was chris harrison giving um a little shout out to sienna's class of 2020 um and it was very cute but uh and side I note we didn't even have a proper commencement speaker <laughs> at our graduation <laughs> and somehow they rubbed chris harrison into this and al roker who's one of my favorite people honestly Oh, so yeah, <laughs> I can't with you. So yeah, it was very I was funny. Quite impressed. Um, but I found this is how I learned about Cameo. Kristen had to tell me that there was like a platform <laughs> where you could go and get people to like give you little shout outs. And Chris, for any of you that are Santa College alum, he said like a really funny thing about maybe making a bachelor bachelorette season out of uh, the campus townhouses, which would be hysterical. <laughs> Shout out to the townhouses. Townhouse number four. A. And Jojo and Jordan noted on June 13th that it would have been their wedding day. And they obviously had to postpone because of COVID. They weren't the only Bachelor Nation couple to postpone a wedding. Adam and Rachel also did. Theirs was originally scheduled for May. And their posts implied that they're now getting married in 2021. Which is nice. I feel like they're very low-key and forgettable in a nice way. <laughs> I wasn't really a fan of JoJo season. I think her men are some of the worst. And I would be totally indifferent about this season if it didn't introduce Wells Adams into my life. <laughs> yeah, she had a lot of problematic dudes. Yeah, sure. her final four were just like the least attractive men I've ever seen on this show. That was like, wow, this is what it's like when you know that you have completely different tastes than someone else. Ew. <laughs> yeah, right, because they were each kind of like a copy of each other. Yeah, they all looked show. like each other, too. It like was very Luke? odd. Oh, I can't with Luke. No, I, I couldn't with Robbie. I didn't see the oh, attraction same. at all. Me neither. And then speaking of throwbacks, in lieu of a Bachelorette season airing this summer, 
ABC decided to air Bachelor Greatest Seasons Ever, which is presenting one season in the course of one night over three hours. And so far, they have done retrospectives on Sean Lowe and Caitlin Bristow, and this upcoming week is set to be Ben Higgins. And I just have a lot of thoughts on this because I feel like they're just picking the seasons that have the most relevance today. Sean and Caitlin, I don't mind because those are actually really good seasons. You know, Sean and Catherine obviously are a big legacy pairing in the franchise. And Caitlin was really kind of the first outwardly feminist bachelor. But Ben Higgins, I mean, it's just so vanilla. It's like Peter 1.0 all over again with less decisiveness. Yeah, they're just, they're definitely chasing the clout. They're like, who is still relevant on social media? Who yeah. is everyone like, like Ben Higgins? People I knew growing up with were in love with Ben Higgins. See, I loved Ben on The Bachelorette, but then when he was on The Bachelor, I just found him so boring. Kind of, Yeah, literally you and Peter. Yep. Well, that's my <laughs> new theory. I think I love two out of every three Bachelors on The Bachelorette, and then they're either boring or hot messes leads. So, example, I liked Peter and Ari on their original Bachelorette seasons, but we saw how that turned out and then I didn't like Colton on the bachelorette, but now I'm like pretty okay with Colton. That's very accurate for you. Yeah. And ABC has been a little ambiguous as to what seasons they're airing for the remainder of this run. The trailer that they show seems to show more footage than they're actually going to cover, but I think they're definitely going to cover Trista's bachelorette season. Because that's first successful season of the franchise. I think they'll probably cover Juan Pablo. So that they can introduce new viewers to Claire. But I feel like my old school favorites aren't going to get picked. I mean I can see why they wouldn't pick Ashley's season. Because it's very steady and boring if you don't love <laughs> Ashley and JP. But Emily Maynard's season with Ari. That's a good one. Oh yeah, and and that one would have the clout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I feel like I should Ari be and Sean Lowe. Yeah, I like Sean. See, I haven't seen like any of the old seasons, so I feel like I should be tuning into them. I gotta I just, give you my bootleg link. <laughs> I know, but I like <laughs> the idea of like the condensed season. It's weird. And then I tuned in. You don't I know. It. I tuned into Sean's, and I did not like the pacing of it at all. But. Ugh. Maybe I will for um, the Juan Pablo season. I think mm. I just want to. I just want to like experience it, and I think I can put up with the pacing of it because I'll want to like rip his brains out, kind <laughs> of thing. Yeah, so. I think my biggest critique with this, I understand they needed a way to film that programming block in this weird time, but I feel like it was more emphasis on the seasons of people that just never went away, which I'm less interested in. Like, I know how Ben and Caitlin are doing. Sean Lowe (laughs) was a little more interesting because those women, besides Catherine, you never hear about any of them. So that was a little more like, oh, okay. And it was long ago enough that it's like, yeah, this is a good, nice and easy throwback. But Caitlin and Ben are a little too recent for me. I feel that. Yeah, take us back to the pre-social media. That's Mm -hmm. what we want to see. Yep. And also on Caitlin's retrospective episode, 
She popped in for a chat with Chris and Jason Tardick, her boyfriend, was there with her. And Chris surprised her by asking her to join the next cast of Dancing with the Stars, which background information, when Caitlin was the Bachelorette, she was offered a spot on Dancing with the Stars, but the Bachelor creator, Mike Fleiss, refused to let her do it when she was the Bachelorette, saying that she needed to dedicate all her time to her relationship. And Caitlin has brought this up in the past as an example of how bachelorettes are treated much differently than bachelors, even though bachelorettes are way more successful in just mm-hmm. about everything. So I recommend going back and watching the clip of her finding out because it's a very sweet reaction knowing that context. Yeah, I actually saw it on Jason's Instagram and mm. it's like so heartwarming. Like she's genuinely so overwhelmed with the idea And then I also read that she um, did not go to college to pursue dancing. Yeah, that was Jason's caption. There you go. I read it there. And I think that is like so cool, mostly because she's like living my dream because Mm -hmm. I like secretly want to learn how to like ballroom (laughs) dance and stuff. But this is like so cool. I'm excited for her. But before I played the clip, I initially thought both of them were going to be on Dancing with the Stars. I was like, that's very weird. But I'm happy for Caitlin. Um, And yeah, I thought it was funny. Jason also posted like a bunch of videos of his fam watching Caitlin's season, which I thought was funny. Yeah, it's like... (laughs) I miss Jason. We love Jason. Ugh. J.K. Uh, Wells and Jason, that's my trifecta of Bachelor men. Oh my god, can we talk about how my bachelor, how the Bachelor love of my life acknowledged me on Twitter the other day? <laughs> Everyone. Oh yes, we forgot to include <laughs> that in our outline. Explain no, that I, I was going to bring it up at some point. Guys, Dylan Barber replied to my tweet. He tweeted that he was watching my money heist. I asked him, if you were on the show, everyone on the show has code names that are cities. I said, if you were on the show, what would your code name be? And he replied, he would be Bali, which is great. I lo- love it. I, I think I yeah. would be Cairo. Chris, what, what your name be? Like a city. Like if you had to go by a city's name, what city oh. would you pick? I mean, I guess London. I knew you would say London. Yeah. But it would have to be in Spanish because the show is in Spanish. So it would be Londres. Oh. Londres, okay. which I think works. Like, it's still okay. a pretty yeah, into that. short, snappy name. Okay, that, that's it. That's it for our men. Um, <laughs> Dean, I don't know what Dean's up to. Um, Dean. I think Kaylin cut his hair. <laughs> wow. Fantastic. <laughs> Are those all my men? Who's my your top third? Three? I think Dylan... it would be jason i think yeah i think yeah yeah sure let's go with that (laughs) and Uh, i guess at some point in quarantine listen to your heart ended we weren't watching but i guess some people were we tried some people watch shout out (laughs) angelina who i know will be listening angelina watched and i think she enjoyed it and genuinely became invested in some relationships but Apparently, the winning couple is still together, which is great. I don't yes. really remember how there was supposed to be a winner in all of that. It I was guess- really just the couple that had the most chemistry while they were singing. Okay. So this was 
Chris and Bree. And I did watch the videos of them singing without any other context. And it was very, very sweet. <laughs> I'll have to look them up. I have um, the links in the outline. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And they reunited post-quarantine on Loving Day, which marks the anniversary of the Supreme Court case allowing interracial marriage. And Chris is a black man and Bree is a white woman. There we go. What do you mean reunited? Well, they were in quarantine. Like oh, she was in sorry, her house, sorry. he yeah. was in his yeah, house. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. So good for them. Who knows? Maybe maybe if people consider it successful, there may be another season. Not before Bachelor Winter Games. No, sorry, no, but... no. <laughs> Bachelor Nation needs to or the Batch franchise needs to start prioritizing. Yeah. Diversify I mean, Batch Winter Games. Yeah. And then I'm guessing that Bachelor Senior edition just isn't happening anymore. Oh god, that <laughs> no way. No. Like never again. <laughs> Too much of a liability. Mm. Um, and we're just going to close this off, um, just reminding everyone that we are still in the midst of a pandemic, and we're seeing a lot of movement on social media. All of these batch people are out socializing with one another, um, people suddenly becoming roommates, hanging out at bars, clubs, they're all maskless. Are we okay? Pilot Pete, why are you still on flights? Yes. Why are you and Kelly moving around so much? I don't understand. Again, I mean, Jason Tardick, Northeast man. I think Mm -hmm. he's quarantining. I'm sure JP is quarantining. They recently went to his parents' house, which is in, like, driving distance of where they are in Nashville because it was his mom's birthday. And I get, like, the stay-at-home orders are off, so driving somewhere is fine. But when you're still out socializing. Right. And not taking the precautions. Right. Like, where's our girl Jacqueline? Probably in her apartment in New York City. Just fine. Again. (laughs) just a different life up here in the northeast in new york in the hub of all things that would have been cute to like think of us in the northeast (laughs) yes yes actually still suffering (laughs) will we ever be able to watch an episode of the bachelor bachelorette together who knows who knows think of us y'all all right and with the, on that note, we've given you a lot to digest. Um, we'll be Who definitely knows when we'll talk again, right? But we'll be staying tuned in to to all of the happenings. So it's possible that we'll have another surprise episode sometime over the summer. Um, and hopefully, Claire season gets back on track soon. Yes, last I heard, they're still aiming to start filming in July, and it'll air in the su- in the fall. So, fingers crossed that happens. I don't know how, but ABC oh. works like the devil. <laughs> True. No, they work harder. It's yes. doable. <laughs> yeah. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.